Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the therapy for black girls podcast is your space to explore mental health personal development and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. She starts talking about how she loves her flat chest. And 14 years ago, like she loved having no cleavage. Versus trying to hide it. It was like the first time we got exposed to the idea that if you kind of embrace the thing that society has told you and maybe is a flaw about you or that you should be ashamed of, if you actually embrace it, it can become like your greatest asset. This is Hello, Isaac, my podcast about the idea of success and how failure affects it. I'm Isaac Mizrahi, and in this episode, I talk to the mother-daughter team behind the revolutionary and empowering media company, Style Like You, Elisa Goodkind and Lily Mandelbaum. Hello, Isaac. It's Lily Mandelbaum, and this is my mom, Elisa Goodkind, and we are so excited to speak to you. So... Right now, I'm about to speak to Elisa Goodkind and Lily Mandelbaum, who run this incredible media company called Style Like You. And if you haven't, darlings, you have to look at their videos on YouTube and on Instagram. They're fabulous. They're kind of about empowerment and individual style and just kind of fabulous, fabulous people who have found their inner style. And what I'm really excited about is what I can learn from them. One thing that people know about me is that I am really adaptable. I am really suggestible. And so, like, I look at their work and I think, this is stuff I don't exactly understand, but I love. And now what I'm excited about is maybe getting a bigger, broader understanding of something that I love this much. So let's get into it. 
Elisa Goodkind and Lily Mandelbaum, you women are such an inspiration to me. I can't believe we're talking. Elisa and I know each other a little bit, right, from a thousand years ago. Lily, this is the first we're meeting. And mm-hmm. um, and I've been big fans of yours for a minute. I love your website. It's called Style Like You. And um, I think it really is this kind of groundbreaking thing. I want to ask you a question first off before we start in the actual interview. Do you live together? No, no. No, Mm -mm. okay. Thank you. Thank you, okay? (laughs) Because I'm thinking about a mom and a daughter like working together. Is that difficult ever or what? Do you kind of get along or what? We, we, we definitely get along. Do you have 10 hours? Do you have- <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. We definitely get along, and it's difficult. It's both. It's all the I'm things. glad to hear this because you, you don't get a whiff of it on the site or any of the interviews you do or any of the stuff that you do. I never get that there's this mother-daughter kind of dynamic. It's this, I think you, I think you women get along very, very well. Am I wrong? We do. No, you're right. You're right. It's something that has had to be very intentional mm-hmm. because of the nature of how close we are and, and how long we've been doing this and, and our very extreme passion for what we're doing and dedication to what we're doing. Something mm-hmm. that's very mutual. I think a large part of what makes it work is that we're both doing this fully from our soul's purpose and alignment. And it's something wow. that we know we're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing Beautiful. separately and so that that sense of purpose and everything is very core and very there. Okay, but wait a second. Are there siblings or are you an only daughter? I, yeah, I have an older brother. Okay. Is he involved with this venture He's not involved all? with the venture okay. other than moral support. <laughs> He's never had, has been and never wanted to be. <laughs> right. Um, well, I admire you both. It's really something else for me to see a mother and a daughter working together. Because listen, darlings, you know, I remember when I was 20 something, I took my mother to Europe. When I got back from that trip, I thought I can never be in the same room as this woman for more than, you know, <laughs> seven or 10 minutes, maybe an hour, you know, so I really admire. I really do. I think it's beautiful. I feel that way about my mother. So I <laughs> Do you? Wow. Well, you see, maybe it's generational, maybe because you were a different kind of mom to Lily, right, than your mother was to you, right? Tell me what you think. Just quickly, tell me what you think it is the difference, Elisa. What do you think is the difference? Well, I I was determined to do everything the opposite. Ah, okay. I had it so hard and I had to rebel so hard to be my own whole person, to be mm-hmm. an autonomous, free hmm. human. And I was determined to allow my kids th- that opportunity because it was so it was so hard for me. Because you came from a what, like a very religious background or no. a, what what was it structure or what it was it? It was on the surface, it was like the perfect Jewish Kennedys. I had no idea anything was wrong. Everything on Mm -hmm. the outside was like, it was hard for me to see or understand, but it it then took um, my being this wild, passionate spirit way outside of the box, completely misunderstood by them um, and refusing to give into that, that, you know, created that tension and, and that rebellion and that, you know, to really, really to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. to be able to breathe and to be able to figure out that I have to be myself and I can't be what they want me to be. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, so they, you, and they you, didn't like that. Right. And so you really counteracted all of that in raising Lily. Is that it? You really made a concerted effort. And sometimes I think, you know, in, in your case, luckily, like you you did that because sometimes I look at parents and, and I'm with them and their kids and I go, do you hear what you're saying? To, like, of course your kid is crazy or of course your kid <laughs> hates you because you just said that and you didn't even know you were saying that, you know? But I want to talk to you because how old are you? Can I ask you that? Is that a crazy mm-hmm. question? No, Tell no. me how old you are, Elisa. How old I'm are you? I'm 65. Okay. And how old are you, Lily? 34. 34. All right. And how did this get started? How I know a little bit about your background, Elisa, but why don't you tell us and then bring Lily into the story? Yeah. So basically, I was in the fashion industry in my 20s, in the Mm -hmm. 80s and the early 90s. And it had such a huge impression on me at that time because it was such Mm -hmm. a utopian bottom up culture world. Condé Nast, downtown New York, Mm -hmm. creativity, authenticity, You could come from nowhere. You didn't have to have a resume. You didn't have to have anything. And you could just explode because of Mm -hmm. your talent and your passion for doing something. And it opened my eyes so wide to what it was to be an authentic person, like actually an authentic person, not like fake karaoke version, but like really someone who is living their inner beliefs and their dreams. And it had such a big impression on me. And I dropped out for a while when my kids were little taught yoga and meditation went back as a freelance stylist and was appalled at the world that I came back to. It was just a total marketing machine. Mm -hmm. It was completely commodified, completely commercialized, completely formula, exploiting insecurities, had nothing to do with creativity. All the soul had been sucked out of it. And I was devastated and Mm -hmm. I was literally devastated And Lily at the time was, and Lily can tell her part of it at the same time. She was a senior in high school going into college. Yeah. Yeah. We started Style Like You when I was a freshman in college and I had just struggled a lot in my teenage years with my body image. I'd always been like a, you know, plus size or, you know, I don't know what the right term is for it because it's all kind of made up, but um, girl. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to look like, you know, Kate Moss and Sienna Miller and and like the the people that were on the covers of every magazine when I was growing up and felt like Mm -hmm. there was something inherently wrong with me that I didn't look like them, that I couldn't fit into the skinny jeans, that I couldn't be like in fashion in this way. So I was really struggling with that and had like, you know, yo-yo dieted my whole life and like borderline anorexia and just all of that. I'm um, trying to be wow. that person. And also my mom also like happened to fit into that standard more physically. And so I also envied her and how it was for her in clothing and like just mm. wanted that for myself. And and I also really had a not a great feeling about like the fashion business as someone that was like around it with my mom because I am just consuming it. People used to say, would you ever work in the fashion business like your mom? It's so cool. And I'd be like, no, it's mean. It's right. superficial. It's mean. It is mean. It's mean. It is it's superficial. superficial. Exclusive, yeah. pretentious. Exclusive, commoditizing. Yeah. Pretentious. And I didn't want to be part of that. But at the same time, I was so drawn to clothing and I was so drawn to style mm-hmm. and I was so drawn to people that we knew that were not necessarily being shown in media that really like marched to the beat of their own drum in the way they dressed Mm -hmm. and how their style was so clearly like this reflection of something deeper inside of them and not just this sort of like way to be quote unquote in fashion like the magazines Mm -hmm. and media was telling us at the time. Basically, the two of us just felt this mutual disempowerment that was coming like her within the industry as a person working in it and as a creator of the imagery and me as a consumer of the imagery, we were both feeling disempowered by it. And we both were like, wait, 
we know all these people not in media that are kind of not following these norms, but are so cool and have such style and inspire us to want to find ourselves and express that authenticity through our mm-hmm. style. And we just picked up a home video what camera one day um, mm-hmm. and just started to document, the, go into the homes of like a handful of friends that we knew that we thought were really cool and just ask them why. How long ago? 14 years. 14 years ago. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and that's when you founded Style Like You? Yeah. It, it was a completely okay. different thing then. It was literally a home video camera. Literally, we didn't know what we were right. doing with like how to make a, a, a video. <laughs> but they're the best. They're amazing. The very first one we did, this incredibly amazing girl um, who we knew came out and, you know, talking about her tomboy style and bringing out all of her sneakers and her short shorts and her boyfriend's sweaters. And Mm -hmm. we felt like we were in this kind of race to stop this further thinking that you had to be like this robot, this empty caffeinated robot. And that, that had nothing to do with style and had nothing to do with beauty, had nothing to do with a person being empowered. And she starts talking about how she loves her flat chest. Beautiful. And 14 years ago, like she loved having no cleavage. We both turned and looked at each other and said, oh my. And like accentuated it through her style. Like, yeah. yeah. Versus trying to hide it. Like we, you know, it was like the first time we got exposed to the idea that if you kind of embrace the thing that society has told you maybe is a flaw about you or that you should be ashamed of, if you actually embrace it, it can become like your greatest asset. That was like our first taste of that. And we were addicted because it was like we were healing. You know, what's so funny to me is that when I was in my 20s and my early 20s and my early 30s doing clothes, like if you had boobies, you couldn't work. Like nobody wanted to book you for a show if you had Mm -hmm. boobies. So it's funny, like you're talking about a kind of an anti-style, I think. That's what I love about your website is that it isn't about what's going on. It's about what's going on with the actual subjects that you are portraying, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're making these little beautiful videos about people as opposed to, because I feel like that's what has changed so much. Like you were talking about when we were kids and what fashion was like, right, Elisa? Like I remember, darling, I would have fashion shows and Madonna would come because she wanted to come, not because I invited her or paid her to sit in the front row or anything. She she would come and stand in the back. She didn't want attention, you know, like no hierarchy, no PR people. No, no, no. It was all about the good clothes, the good clothes and creativity. Right. And so now there's nothing in between. It's either this kind of like, you know, $4 million show in Paris, right? Or it's this little kind of back lot somewhere where you have kids kind of showing off what they do, you know? Well, that series that Lily was talking about that we first started to do, yeah, we, we call closets. And we were exploring what was it that made someone have this immeasurable, magnetic personal style that was just something that was intangible, no matter their age, race, gender, sexuality, body. It didn't matter. None of it mattered. They had this intangible, magnetic quality, and they exuded so much style, Uh, actual style, not this bought, sold, marketed type of style, which is not style. Like, which is what it's become where everyone looks exactly the same. As this was all changing, I used to say to both of my kids, oh, it's Saturday in New York downtown and everybody looks good and has no style. There's nothing that makes them singular. 
everybody has the same sort of rolled up, you know, whatever the well, same no, thing. Well, no, wait a minute. They have no personal <laughs> style, but sometimes, personal. you know, it's like, no, you have to distinguish because I will say, like, I love your site because of all of these intensely kind of original personalities and these original perspectives on the subject of style. But, you know, for all those people in wherever in the meatpacking district having brunch and they all look alike and they all, but listen to them, they pay a lot of money for that. They want to be in that look, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm not angry at them so much because it's like, I understand that. I do. That's that's the history of fashion, darling. Somebody goes, do a skirt to there and everybody wants that skirt and everybody wants to look like that, you know? And then you have people like Lily, for instance, darling, like, what do you think it was about the way you looked in the mirror and went like, oh, I can't, I have to break out of this. I have to find something original. Tell me what that journey was like for you, where you found mm -hmm. your authentic personal style. Mm -hmm. You know, did you try to be a cheerleader? Did you try to wear a boyfriend jacket and a thing the way everybody else was doing? Yes. Did you try that? Tell me yes. about that I did journey. not get accepted to the Hudsonettes. We didn't have cheerleaders. We had like a... <laughs> our little version of like the Rockettes kind of like for the football team, mm -hmm. I was rejected, which was traumatizing. Beautiful. Um, Hilarious. But, um, <laughs> but in high school, yeah, it was just like literally my goal was just skinny jeans. Like that was what I wanted because that was the trend. <gasps> uh -huh. And so my mom and I would Shit. go to like Havana jeans, which was like a jean store in some strip mall. And it was like seven jeans, like all the designer jeans right. were there. Yes. That was everything back then. And when I was eating like three or 400 calories a day for like months on end and exercising like a maniac, which is like what I would do to mm -hmm. lose weight. I was still like 160 pounds, which is like a, for mm -hmm. a girl, like you still think of that as like kind of whatever it's, 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 it's arbitrary and stupid. It wasn't healthy for me. I would lose my period at that weight. Like right. it was, uh. and, I, and I wasn't eating really. So it just shows you that like, there's mm. not actually like one weight that's no, like, correlated no, no, to health. But anyway, not. the 32 was the biggest size and they still would like give me like that like muffin top sort of like yeah. thing. And my mom was just like sliding in, sliding in, sliding in. And we would always end in tears. And that was like what my pursuit was. How can I look like what that trend was as a child, which was like the skinny jeans, be like a little tank top and like that wafy sort of, yeah, as my mom oh said, my like God. caffeinated how I girl. I fought the wafe thing, darling. How yeah, I fought yeah. the fucking wafe thing. <laughs> You know, just listening to your whole gene thing, mm -hmm. I'm almost choking up because I was the same when I was in mm -hmm. high school and I was in grade school. I was constantly trying to lose. I was really fat. And by the way, mm -hmm. I like the word fat. I don't know if you like the word fat. I find it's the most like honest kind of mm -hmm. like real mm -hmm. word to describe it. But do you remember at what point you went like, OK, hell no, I'm not into this anymore. Now I'm going to... Yeah, I remember I started having like a liberating. I, I remember my mom started taking me to flea markets and like Chelsea. And like <laughs> I started to discover like just wearing like an embroidered dress. I don't know, just things that weren't in the sort of trend that I was actually drawn to. And that felt a little bit more like just my personality and also just the shape sat on my body in a way that didn't make me want to cry and like right. feel oppressed. And so mm -hmm. there was that, but I think really like the journey of like finding my style happened in tandem with doing style like you. It wasn't until later when I was in my 20s and we were actually doing this work together that I think my style just naturally took form as I was like unlearning all the cultural conditioning that I had been taught about, you know, bodies and beauty and mm -hmm. everything like I think a lot of it came from like throwing out all of the things that didn't make me feel good. Um, like, and then just through interviewing all these people that were 
dressing for themselves and as an expression of themselves, it started to help me realize, just a reprogram my brain, that there's not like one goal of what is cool. Like, it's just what you are drawn to. And I, everybody that we were interviewing was so inspiring to me and cool, but they didn't really make me want to be them. They made me want to be me. And that was just the right. shift. It's like, oh, I want to find- That's a huge difference. I want to find out who who am I, and which is obviously a hard thing to put into words, like who am I? But yeah, so I just started finding that I loved colors and I so I wear a ton of bright colors that I like, you know, like feminine wow. shapes and silhouettes feel better on my body, things like that. That's how you solved the kind of body thing. You You found your styling. Would you say? Yeah, I guess. It was like a tandem thing of accepting my body more and reprogramming my brain as far as what's beautiful physically helped me just have more of a sense of ease with just gravitating towards things that like actually accentuate my body versus hiding it or or, or just feel good on my body. Mm-hmm. And that just, just feel like a genuine expression of my personality. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
I remember as a designer, you know, every season I would take it upon myself to like, you know, go, oh, what's transgressive? What's, you know, kind of naughty? What is dirty? What's a little dirty? I want to bring that into this because, you know, listen, it was a designer customer and I wanted it to be bigger than that. I wanted it to be more inclusive than that. And so every season I would think, you know, one season I did a thing about about S&M because I, it was, you know, very, very early on. And I brought in all these kind of S&M things. And so when I look at fashion today, especially like your Instagram page, I wonder like what's edgy and naughty to you, to you women? I hardly care at all anymore, which is so sad for me about fashion because I literally can't find anything that I like almost. Yeah. Uh, compared to the days when you were designing and in those that era yeah. when it was so creative and, you know, as you were saying, like Madonna would just come and be in the back or mm-hmm. the designers would have a show like anywhere in a garage, you know, you know whatever was inspiring <laughs> them, whatever. Right. It was just completely inspiration. And because now it's so much about selling and money and formula, um, you know, for me, I, I just can't find, I can't find anything that you know, hardly. There's a few things. So I, I mainly still shop a lot of vintage, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'd say what I find, you know, naughty or like edgy, it really just goes to the person. That That's what we're really saying over and over again with all of our videos that really you could wear a paper bag and have style. You could wear a white t-shirt every day and have style. You could wear a, a $10 million gown every day and have style. It has nothing to do with the outside. It has to do with your being this complete, full version of yourself. So for me, that's what gets me the most excited. Like I, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's someone at any age, it's someone, you know, with any body type who just lives in their body and fully is unapologetic with it. And that's what inspires me. But you know what? I have to say, I look at people like Lily and people that are, you know, somewhat younger than Lily. And I feel like a crazy person. I'm like, is she like, is that really? Is that? And then I go, no, but it's a surprise. It's adorable. It's funny. She's having fun. I love her. And then I go, wait a minute. This is my favorite thing. It, ta- it always takes me a minute. Mm. I'm not kidding. And I, when I work with like young stylists mm. or something, I go, are you, well, I am not. And then I go, actually give her a second because right. she's making a lot of sense in a very new way that I did not expect. Mm-hmm. I love that. When I look at like red, red carpet shit that I see like at the netball or the Oscars or whatever. I usually, I go to my, really all that trouble and all that and all that money and all those glam squads and all that. And that's what they come up with. But then like sometimes one or two things like it seeps in. I go, that's actually really fucked up. I love that. You know, Mm. like seriously. Um, Lily, what motivates you in the morning to put things together? Oh, um, I don't, I don't know that my process is as creative. My mom's process is truly like art every day. I feel like Mm -hmm. I mostly wear things from like, lately it's been more like designers that I'm drawn to for, yeah, like that are like more like smaller designers that I like what they're doing and relate to their like aesthetic. But um, yeah, I kind of get in like phases sort of like right now I'm just wearing like these like high-waisted skirts that accentuate Mm -hmm. my sort of there's always like a body thing. Like, so for me, right. I think I feel good in clothes that like kind of accentuate my waist because it's it, I like my sort of hourglass 
shape. So I have a lot of skirts right now that are kind of like tight there and then kind of flowy out into my knees. And so I'm wearing a lot of those with like little heels and I wear a lot of like crop tops or like, it's kind of a shape thing, right? For me. And then color. It's always color. Gorgeous. I love mm-hmm. that answer. I love bright colors. I love jewel tones. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like my spirit is like fuchsia and orange. Like I <laughs> think that that's like the warmth. I'm just really drawn to fuchsia, mm-hmm. orange, and then maybe like this like weird neon green that's in my headband. But well, um, I was going to say, what possessed you to throw on a neon um, green scarf in your hair? Because it looks good. Um, I don't know. I was actually thinking like, is this really what I want to be recording in today? I mean, right now my hair is at a length where I probably need a haircut. So then I start wearing headbands a lot. But I'm usually in like some combination of like a, a deep pink or an orange and greens. So And it's short. Colors. You've been wearing like mini, mini skirts. Oh, yeah, I've mini. been starting to wear more mini skirts lately, which is like new because showing my thighs has always been like maybe a little bit of an insecurity. So I like to challenge myself in little ways just to break free of that. Well, you know what? Because you just started talking about minis and I'm thinking to myself, is there anything that's wrong now? Like, is there a mini skirt that's too short or a maxi skirt that's too long or a midi skirt that's too something or anything that's too... No. I mean, we wear mm-hmm. everything now, right? So like... It's if you the own days it, it's of, fine. Yeah, it's, a, it's, about, it, it's, it's fine. about owning it. Totally. That's what mm-hmm. it is. I think that's the most disruptive, edgy thing. That's a good answer. I mean it. And yeah. I'm glad you thought of the word disruptive, even though it's like su- that word, right? Except you're right. Like, and it's, yeah. it's comfort in your skin. I have to say, today I saw the most exquisite person. And again, flat, tiny, tall, trans for sure, in this gorgeous dress. And I thought mm. that they were so beautiful. I was like literally mm. following them on the street, mm. you know, <laughs> just because it was such an inspiring vision, you know. Mm-hmm. And by the way, not a whole bunch of makeup, not a whole bunch, not a giant heel. It was some kind of like little heel and this like gorgeous body fitting dress with this kind of cut outy kind of neckline. It had a little sparkle to it. It was so good. No hair, just hair in a fucked up little mess. Mm-hmm. And they looked amazing. I think that 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 would be my answer. My answer is it's like the opposites. Like I love, love, love a male body or a female identifying yeah. a non-binary yes, person me too. in I love it. or a gender non-conforming person or anyone that you wouldn't typically see or expect to see in something feminine and then the reverse. Okay. I love that. So I promised myself that I wasn't going to talk to you women so much about fashion. And I was going to talk to you about what I think is really like an important thing to talk about because I have both ears, both ears here. I have mom and daughter, social media. Okay. That is a huge, and you know, listen, Alisa, you're talking about like, you know, how it's so boring and it's so corporate and blah, blah, blah. Meantime, we are in social media right now. And that is a really scary place. Can we talk about that for a minute? Like, mm-hmm. first of all, I would consider you influencers. Am I wrong? There's another word that it's like, oh, really? Oh, are we really going to use the word influencer? But <laughs> there's not a better word to, to describe what you are, is there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are That's you fine. influencers? <laughs> we don't know. We have no I idea. No, it's like horrible. We don't know. We just don't know. I mean, for us, we have to like, because our work is about everybody else and putting other people in the forefront we do have to like force ourselves to put ourselves forward and not hide. We've had to step into that more and more because we want to walk the walk of the people that we 
highlight and their sort of mm-hmm. unapologetic self-expression. Uh, my mom's, I think, doing better than I am at it because I have like a shyness. But we've had to do. Thank you. We've had to do it actively, put ourselves out there. Yeah, just to really like walk the walk of trying to be uh, like in our self-expression. Because wait a minute, here's the thing: you do it because you're your age. Your mom like does it extra more because she has to figure it out. Like she's more closer to my age. The two of us are going like, what the fuck? And let me just get my breath here. And here we go. And I'm going to make the effort. You just do it because you're living the in the world today much easier because mm-hmm. it's your generation. You understand it better. Am I off? Am I off point? No, Lisa, stop me no, if you think I'm on, wrong. No, that's okay. accurate. You have to think a little harder to like get the the new trend or the new way to use the tool. Or even the question I'm asking you about influencer versus, you know, social media. Because I remember I was angry at fashion magazines when I was a kid. I it was like, I was like, really? This is the best you could do? Blah, blah, blah. And now I'm kind of angry at the internet or I'm angry mm-hmm. at, mm-hmm. you know, like Instagram and certain sites and certain ways that they try to manipulate mm. young women. Okay, mm-hmm. young women and young men and young people mm. and, and old people people, darling. Where's that GoFundMe page? Old queens who are hurt by, like, I am an old queen who is oftentimes hurt by by stuff I see online, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but talk to me about this idea of the responsibility. Do you feel that you have some kind of responsibility as internet stars? Mm-hmm. We definitely do. We've been living all of this time, this 14 years of doing this, with this very overwhelming feeling of how many people need to see this and to understand and to get relief, um, to see something positive on social media and, and understand that they really can be liberated and they can feel good about themselves and, and don't have to hate themselves for what they're seeing. And it's just wow. recent, you know, it's recently wow. that we, we've seen it. We have hundreds of thousands of messages and letters and emails over all these years. And Meeting people, you know, who literally will stand online if we if there's an event or something, telling mm-hmm. us how much these videos have changed their lives and they've watched them over and over again oh. for 10 years. At this point, there's a generation in a way that's grown up with them and mm-hmm. it's really affected them a lot. And so every time we're told it, I think both of us in a certain way, we don't even know how to process it completely or it's overwhelming because to be able to keep this going has been hard. And because it is so disruptive, it has not been easy. It's been a really big Mm -hmm. struggle. We we have been tested, both of us, in every way imaginable. Every way imaginable. So many times we've almost broken to pieces, each of us in different ways in different times, and hit rock bottoms over and over and over again. And we've come back over and over and over again. Well... That's the subject of this podcast is this idea of success and how failure affects it, right? Are you talking about some kind of massive failure? Was there a was there a point at which We've had plenty of them. Tell me about one specific one that really sticks in your head where you went, you know what? Basta or you know what? Here we go or something. Yeah, I mean, so the biggest one that comes to mind is so we were about 5 years into the journey of our mm-hmm. of style like you. It's always been a struggle like the sort of financial side of things has been it's always been creatively easy and then it's always been very hard to to sustain from the financial side and we were at a point where we were really like struggling to break out we had just been doing our closet series that we were speaking of and we were love it so very passionate about it it had really struck a chord among a certain group but it was still in this sort of like the new york la like city people and didn't feel like it had really broken out yet and we were frustrated with that 
we were financially really struggling, but then also we were getting copied copied a lot. lot. We were getting copied Mm -hmm. a lot where like brands were taking a lot of the concepts from our videos and turning them into big ad campaigns or the people. And and we weren't really getting any, you know, help from that. And it was like a frustrating recurring experience. The series that we're the most known for now is called What's Underneath. That's a docu-series where as we're interviewing someone very intimately about their their relationship to their bodies and their identity and their style, they're slowly taking off their clothes until they're in their yeah, underwear. It's beautiful a, beyond words. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's in a symbol of self, you know, claiming self-acceptance, removing all the layers of conditioning about how we're supposed mm-hmm. to look and be, et cetera. Um, so we had not started that series at that time. Um, we had just done like this test episode of it that we were trying to find sponsorship for so that we could actually build out the whole series. So we had like filmed mm-hmm. a test episode. It was locked on Vimeo. We had like sent a deck around with the test video to some brands to see if they would sponsor like the first season of this show. Um, and we mm-hmm. kind of knew we were sitting on gold. We, we were like, this is, this is definitely magical. This is nothing like next level of anything we've done. This mm-hmm. is, but we had not released one episode. Um, and no one was responding to our emails to sponsor it. Uh, <laughs> um, right, exactly. And so we were thinking it, we're in the spring right now. The earliest we were thinking it would come out was the fall. And basically one of day, we yeah, we we had this idea that it was going to come out during Fashion Week as like anti-fashion. I don't know. We had some idea. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we thought it was just going to be like a one one season of it. It's now been eight years and 200 Amazing. plus episodes. Um, but. But basically, so we're 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 kind of struggling, not sure how we're gonna get this off the ground. And we get an email one day from from this casting director who had periodically called us to help her cast um, ad campaigns that needed like real people or quote unquote mm-hmm. real people. She was one of the rare ones that actually came to us to hire us to help her versus just taking our stuff, kind of. Um nice. and so she 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 <laughs> called us and she was like, I have the perfect thing for you to cast. Um it's called the Naked Project. Um, it's this ad campaign for a huge fast fashion company. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, here's the deck. What do you think? And it's our deck. And it's our deck. Reworked. No. It's our deck that we had sent out to potential sponsors oh, for our God. new series, What's Underneath. Completely reworked by the The brand. same people. They put the person on a stool because everyone's on a stool in front of a brick the wall. The same person. The bra- undressed, oh covering the boob. Her braid was covering her boob in the picture. Like, they had totally taken our whole deck and our whole video oh, and, like, no. the same questions, et cetera. And it was going to be this multi-million dollar ad campaign called The Naked Project. And they um, were hiring models. They were, they actually, they were well, hiring Well, they were models. hiring, no, they were hiring models and quote-unquote real people. So this casting director was totally innocent. She didn't know that they had done this, that they were mm-hmm. ripping us off. So we politely declined helping her cast the campaign. She was so confused. She was like, why? Like, why would you decline this? We were like, we can't oh really explain God. it right now. And though I fell on the floor. I mean, I was devastated because at the time we hadn't released any of it. So the world didn't know that this was ours yet. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was, I like was at my wits end. I was like, this is too hard. But this was going to be our big break, this series. And now they're beating us mm-hmm. to it. It was supposed to come out uh, in like May. They're spending millions of dollars on it. We can't compete with that. Millions of dollars, which I have no problem doing. Yeah, Yeah. we can't compete with that. We have, like, no money in the bank. Like, how are we going to do this? I'm, like, sobbing on the floor, like, catatonic, like, truly. I guess we've done this for each other at at different times. At different moments, you've been the one on the floor, and I've gotten you up, and I've been the one on the floor. (laughs) We have at different moments like that. That's a great thing to point out, yeah. But I was the one on the floor this time, and my mom was like, get up! Like she was like, she was like her her like Scorpio like kind of never gives right. up vengeful Very side came up and she was like we are not letting them like get us down we are gonna beat them 
to it. And so we called everybody we knew. We called everyone we had done one of these like closet videos on. And we were like, mm-hmm. we need you to do us a favor. Like you need to come do an episode of this other thing for us. Like mm-hmm. you're going to have to take your clothes off. It's going to be, <laughs> but like we had already had all this. And everybody came. Everybody came. That is incredible. We had all this trust from. Everyone shut up. And we wow. called all these video editors that we knew. And we were like, we don't have money. You need to edit for free. Wow. Or like for like a hundred dollars. Wow. Or like maybe a hundred dollars for like. It was like, and everybody like, just because they like had trusted us from what we were and how pure the intention was. Right. We just, we literally just hauled ass and we shot, um, you know, like 10 episodes of it in like a week and, or like wow. a few, and we just beat them. And we released the first, wow. epi- we released the first episode of the series on the day that they shot the ad campaign. And then the, what was our, our videos just started going viral. We had never experienced what it felt like for a video to go viral because they hadn't mm-hmm. before. And by Insanely the time, viral. Wow. Oh, I love by, it. And by the time, by the time that they were going to release theirs, I don't think they ever really could because ours. They didn't. Yeah. They never released it. Great yeah. story. Wow. That is an inspiring story. You'll love this wow. part of it, Isaac. Like, so we heard from the casting director, but then a couple of other places like I was walking through Nolita, bumped into Frederic. She's a fr- is a friend. Gorgeous. Had done mm-hmm. one of our closets, like, and got us and got this and was very supportive. And she stops me and she goes, oh, I have to tell you, they're doing this campaign and they've reached out to me about it and I, you need to know <gasps> oh. about it. Yeah, so there was a couple of different people. Wow. So in the end, it ended up being like a total gift that this casting director told us about it because we may not right. have known. Wow. We did it, we oh may not my have beat God. them. <laughs> And you you would have languished until it was too late. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. 
and my best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Speaking of Frederic and speaking of those models, right? Like there is a series coming out on Apple TV about the supermodels, a documentary that's coming out. Um, you know, Linda, Christy, Naomi, Cindy, Kate, Veronica. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the influencer moment that we were talking about earlier, I always thought like those women were kind of groundbreaking influencers in a way. You know, it was before mm-hmm. the internet and it was outside of the realm of fashion magazines, who they were as mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. traveling around the world. I used to say to Naomi, I was like, darling, why don't you style the fucking show? Because you know so much more right mm-hmm. now than I do. And of course it was a joke, you know, but I did feel like those women were groundbreaking in some way. Do you have anything to say about that? I think looking back and framing it that way, I see what you're saying because it was about them as people. They were people. It was their personalities and their individuality that made them what they were. They weren't just these like mannequins, you know. And they were able to see every single thing in the world and it went through the funnel of who they were and it came out as some kind of a statement. And, you know, I have to tell you, it's like, What I always admired about those women was the flexibility, you know? They could be one woman at one moment and another woman at another moment and radical in one moment and just kind of like really like some rich lady one moment. They were very adaptable, you know? Do you find that you adapt a lot to the situation? Like when you work with the subject or when you work on a Mm. video? Tell me about your process a little bit. Well, I do the pre-interview. I do the casting and I... Mostly, I mean, Lily comes in and she's the boss, you know. But I, 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 I service her by doing the the initial casting, and it's immediate on those zooms because it's so sensitive. And what we're looking for is something so unique in a person, an ability, you know, to be on a certain side of a struggle where they can tell a story, be very honest, be you know shameless about their story be, be willing to talk mm-hmm. about the messiness of their journey but be on a certain part of it where they are empowered um and they've learned and they're sort of not at the rock bottom they're kind of on the other side of the rock bottom mm-hmm. um and so it's a very sensitive situation both in the you know at that preliminary moment and then when we actually do the interview and um i have to be very malleable and adaptable and sensitive to where they're at, to understanding that they're being held, that they're being seen, that they're being heard, that Mm -hmm. they're safe. I share a lot and we share in the interviews together with them uh, our own struggles. What gets cut out of the interview a lot is our side of it, but what's happening and the reason we're able to 
land it with these great videos at the end of the day and get people to be so vulnerable is because we're sharing a lot of ourselves. And there's a lot of right. conversation going back and forth. And I have to say, like, it t- for me, like, I can't believe how you get them to sh- I can't believe that because when I think of the virtual world, I mean, listen, darling, this is not real. This is like a fake mm. fucking thing, right? Mm. But like a lot of people are seeing this, right? Yeah, I think there are really beautiful things about social media. Like, I do think that it, it has created like a lot of incredible connection between people that would never have ever like found each other and like a way for you to find like your kind of like niche communities and seeing representation from people that you wouldn't have where there used to be such a middleman of like you know who's being shown like I think there's a lot of a lot of progress has happened because of Mm -hmm. everybody being able to have their own platform and to find like minds in that way and and so like even if you're in like a town in the middle of nowhere like you can find someone that you understand totally incredible like that's incredible incredible. you know i'm using the tool to create hopefully a positive change for people so this is an incredible thing for me to hear you say (laughs) darling it freaks me out a little bit i gotta tell you All right, I'm going to go to my last question. I ask about people's obituaries, what they are going to say. What's the headline? What do you want it to say about you? When you're gone at 102, Elisa, what's it going to say? I think about this a lot, actually. Um, (laughs) Me too. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I I would like it to say that I was told um, all of my life the imprint as a child was uh, these limited beliefs that I couldn't change the world, that I couldn't be that person, that it's other people that are in museums. It's other people that uh, that do these radical revolutionary things and actually change the world. And that I was always told that and I mm-hmm. resisted that and I mm. fought that and I did. I did it. And I made an impact. I made an impact and I made people feel freer and happier and have more fulfilling lives. Wow. That's a beautiful thing. And what about you, Lily? Lily Mandelbaum, comma, 103. What? 103. Oh, (laughs) thank you. Um, Oh, actually, hopefully the world's not too scary at that age. Like maybe, maybe that's far, far into the apocalypse. Um, But (laughs) yeah, um, I would like to just be known for like making people feel seen and safe to be who they are and not judged for anything, even their dark stuff, their darker, shadowy parts. I, I think that it's one of my, that's my favorite things about myself is that I love people for their like whole messy selves. And I, and I like to make them feel okay in that. That's incredible. I prefer it to the perfect facade. Um, Right. And, 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 and ultimately, that goes back to everything that we're doing together and everything that we care about, which is that style and that's beauty and right. that's ah. power and that's power. Right. Because Be beauty incredible. and style is power. And mm-hmm. it's, it's that feeling of your own self-empowerment. And then when you feel that, you want to empower others. And that's what's going to make you know, the world a different place when, when we feel that way, when the way to change the world is to change yourself and to love yourself like radically. And which includes you know, your darker yeah. sides and your harder. harder I agree parts. with that 100%. Mm-hmm. Love your dark side, darling. Mm-hmm. I love my it's dark hard. side. It's where I it's get hard. all of my funniest jokes and my best ideas. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Here. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Hey, listen, what do yeah, you want yeah. to promote on this podcast, darling? Well, we would love people to check out our videos on our YouTube channel, which is just Style Like You with just the letter U. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a book, True Style is What's (gasps) Underneath. 
the self-acceptance revolution, which is based on our videos. So it's like photos and stories from the videos and the all the amazing people in a coffee table book. So we'd love people to check that out. And just to stay tuned, we have a lot of like really exciting expansions in the work. We have a really amazing new series dropping in November that we can't really talk about yet. That's going to be a very cool new twist on what we've been doing. And we have a documentary film that we're finishing and in the works. And so so just stay tuned. Things are expanding. And I adore you. This is so inspiring to me. I can't even tell you. To think that you just do this and that you do it yourselves. And really, it's like you have your own studio and you have your own sort of distribution channel. It's divine. You Mm. are really an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you. Where the feeling is mutual. Thank you so much. We're honored to be here. Okay, y'all, another amazing example of like a recurring theme in this podcast that isn't necessarily about success and how failure affects it. This is a story of a mother and a daughter working together in, I think, the most unbelievably harmonious way. And you can tell they have issues and you can tell they're at each other's throats occasionally. But really what comes through is the love and the respect they have for each other. And I have to tell you, it is inspiring to me as someone who has worked in the fashion and style business extensively to see, you know, two people who have found themselves through the subject of style. Hopefully, you are as inspired as I am, and you're going to take it further and look at their work and get into it. It's a whole new world, darlings. Get into it. Darlings, if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and tell someone, tell a friend, tell your mother, tell your cousin, tell everyone you know, okay? And be sure to rate the show. I love rating stuff. Go on and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so more people can hear about it. It makes such a gigantic difference and like it takes a second. So go on and do it. And if you want more fun content, videos and posts of all kinds, follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Hello Isaac Podcast. And by the way, check me out on Instagram and TikTok at I am Isaac Mizrahi. This is Isaac Mizrahi. Thank you. I love you. And I never thought I'd say this, but goodbye, Isaac. Hello, Isaac is produced by Imagine Audio, Awfully Nice, and I Am Entertainment for iHeartMedia. The series is hosted by me, Isaac Mizrahi. Hello, Isaac is produced by Robin Gelfenbein. The senior producers are Jesse Burton and John Asante. It is executive produced by Ron Howard, Brian Grazer, Cara Welker, and Nathan Clokey at Imagine Audio. Production management from Katie Hodges. Sound design and mixing by Cedric Wilson. Original music composed by Ben Walter. A special thanks to Neil Phelps and Sarah Katanak at IM Entertainment. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.